Good afternoon and welcome. I'd like to call to order the March 17th, 2022 public meeting of the Marin County Parks and Open Space Commission. As you know, we're still offering a hybrid version. So in addition to uh, chamber participants, we also have people um, on video. And I'd like to now ask for a short video uh, explaining how people can uh, call in or be involved in the agenda meeting. Alex? for participating in the meeting are available at marincountyparks.org under the About Us Boards and Commission tab. The Commission Chair will announce when it is time to take comments and will set the time limit. Comments will first be heard from those in the chambers, followed by those participating online. General comments on items not on the agenda can be shared during item number one on the agenda, Open Time for Public Expression. Comments specific to a particular agenda item must be expressed only while the Commission is considering that agenda item. If joining by computer, use the raise hand icon at the bottom of your screen to inform the moderator that you would like to speak. If you are joining by phone, press star 9 to indicate that you would like to comment. When it is your turn to speak, your name will be called. After your name is called, you should see a request on your device to unmute your device if you are participating by phone, you will hear, you are unmuted. Please unmute and provide your first and last name. Please speak slowly and clearly so that the captioners can follow your remarks. Reminder that there may be a slight delay when watching the live stream. If you anticipate wanting to speak during the meeting, please join in advance of the item you wish to speak on and indicate that you wish to speak before public comment period is closed on the item. Thank you. I'm now moving on to item number two, which is public comment. Just remind individuals you're limited to three minutes and it needs to be on a subject that's not on the agenda. And the commission, you can, uh, the commission will not be able to respond to anything in public comment, but definitely we're documenting it. Are there any individuals wishing to make public comment? Seeing none in the chamber, I'll ask if there's anyone online. Sir Scrimmon, yes, we do. Uh, the first speaker is Bill Hell. Um, <clears throat> please unmute and you have the option to share video. It'll take a few seconds. Bill, please unmute and you have the option to share video. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Yes, a couple of things. I'm a daily user of Lagoon Park across the street. I've noticed uh, an increase in motorized vehicles, use of the park. Um, I'm talking the bike type, motor, motorbike type stuff between motorcycles and little kids stuff and people doing some pretty good speeds in there. I'd say 20 to 30 miles an hour going across the, the um, fairgrounds out there. So we might begin to think about doing a study and watch how, how that particular matter grows and how it might be managed best. Also the um, Brown Act. Um, I have a properly recorded request for 
agenda packets and so on. And two of the items I did not get today, I uh, corresponded with uh, Chris yesterday. He was again to me this morning. Um, I still haven't got them. So I'm precluded from commenting on them because I don't have the items. I'm wondering if the commissioners have them. They're the last two items, the ones about the um, budget and the, uh, there's a second item here. So uh, I'm just shortchanged on those. I can't do anything before under the Brown Act. Everything has to be done regressively type thing. In any event, uh, those are my comments for today. Thank you very much and uh, appreciate your listening. Thank you, Bill. The next speaker is Terry Thomas. Please unmute. You have the option to share video. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. My name is Terry Thomas, and I am vice president of Marin Conservation League and chair of their Open uh, Parks and Open Space Committee. I wanted to let you know about the excellent presentation that Marin County Park staff did for Marin Conservation League on Bowman Canyon. What an amazing 400 acre property was purchased for its natural resource values. I wanted to let you know some of the new information that we were given. Julian Gagan identified rich habitat diversity, including wetlands, oak woodlands, Bay Alliance, native grasslands, serpentine and chaparral. He talked about the serpentine area as being, quote, a crown jewel, not only of Bowman Canyon, but of the open space district, definitely the most important we have on our lands currently, end quote. He identified the rare Tiburon buckwheat in the area and also Marin Dwarf Flax, which is California and federally listed and quoted, there is an incredible display of wildflowers. Finally, he identified an ecotone between Chamise, Chaparral, and Bay Forest as, quote, special and spectacular, end quote, where they found Franciscan onion, which has never before been found in Marin County. Then Serena Hubert gave a, a synopsis of the borough surveys for badgers, ground nesting birds, and aquatics. There were badger burrows found all over the grasslands. The aquatic survey identified breeding habitat for red-legged frog, although they're not there yet, but chorus frogs and California newts are. She showed an a rare turkey vulture nest and identified special status birds found, including northern harrier, grasshopper sparrow, and horned lark. Then John Campo introduced the trail and, and road and trail concept. Trails suggested are on the edges of all these rare habitats. He identified 10 goals based on, the in, on increased access and concluded that seven miles of new trail was necessary or recommended. We have three comments um, at this point in planning. Number one, Bowman Canyon deserves a separate identity from Mount Burdell because of its unique character and natural values. Number two, we acquired this land for the sensitive natural resource values that it contained. We need to focus the site on the premise of the guiding documents in the vegetation and biodiversity management plan that identifies the importance of preserving, enhancing, and restoring the natural environment. And three, we believe seven miles of new trail crisscrossing these sensitive preserves is excessive and will fragment the natural habitats. Research such on this has been identified by California Fish and Wildlife Service in their Recreational Ecology of Protected Areas, which identifies trail-related disturbances, including fragmentation, edge effects, and the expansion of the effect zone. In conclusion, Marin Conservation League is inspired by the assessment work that's been done, and we request a broader educational and ecological approach to planning on this unique preserve. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Really appreciate your suggestions. The next speaker is Jeffrey Bolt. Please unmute. Hi, how's that? Go ahead, sir. 
Hi, I'm Jeffrey Bolt. I'm uh, a new member of the Fairfax Open Space Committee, but I'm speaking uh, just for myself today. But um, I wanted to read very quickly uh, part of the mission statement by Marin County Parks, uh, if I can. And it goes sub just like this. Marin County Parks is dedicated to educating, inspiring, and engaging the people of Marin in the shared commitment of preserving, protecting, and enriching the natural beauty of Marin's parks and open spaces and providing recreational opportunities for the enjoyment of all the generations. I'm a little bit concerned that we are focusing a little bit too much here uh, on the recreational opportunities, specifically, or as an example, I'd like to bring up the Elliott Nature Preserve, which is located uh, within the Cascade Canyon Open Space Preserve. Um, it, is, it is within the town limits of Fairfax, and, but it's home to the endangered and federally protected northern spotted owl. And the nesting season for the spotted owl is typically considered between February 1st to July 31st. The dusky-footed wood rat's nest are in this same legacy zone, and the wood rat is considered a keystone species and is probably the number one food source for the spotted owl. The harming or taking of the northern spotted owl is a federal and state offense. The problem being here that I would like to address is the nighttime bicycle riding on the illegal and legal trails through the preserve across the dinner table, really, for the owl um, and, and would, would be considered taking, and it is illegal. Dozens of, uh, of, of film footage, uh, dozens, of, if not uh, of bike riders going through, have been submitted as a as uh, to the, the, the park department, and uh, yet nothing uh, has been done to curtail this activity. So we're really concerned that the federal and state laws are being um, uh, violated here, and uh, I just wanted the commission to be on record as being aware of that. Uh, it is general knowledge that most of the rangers, or I think all of the rangers, uh, at least before daylight savings time, were off the clock at 7 p.m. And of course, that's exactly when the, the fun nighttime bike riding begins, right through the uh, dusky-footed wood rat's nest area, often within 10 feet of the nest. One of the nests has already been destroyed by the uh, by the parks uh, up here. And um, I would just want you guys to be aware of it and let them pass the word on to let's stop this if we can. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeffrey. The next speaker is Rick Freights. Please unmute. Rick, please try one more time. Okay, I got it. Uh, commissioners, I, uh, I may ramble a bit, but uh, let me start out by saying that I served on the uh, Parks and Open Space Commission uh, for 10 years, and uh, I sort of understand how things work. At least I thought I did, but lately I'm not too sure. Um, I'm principally concerned with enforcement of the rules, especially with bikes, bicyclists in open space lands. Anecdotally, I'm hearing that there's been a sort of a relaxation of enforcement and instead uh, focusing on recreation over enforcement and getting on these bicycles cases. That's not gonna work. Uh, I serve on the Olin Poly, uh, Friends of Olin Poly Board of Directors. 
we don't have any rangers that do any enforcement of the rules. You cannot have a bicycle, a mountain bike, or anything else on Olimpali Historic State Park, and yet they are. They've carved their own trails. They've cut down trees, bushes, you name it. We don't have any ranger enforcement at all. You do, and I'd certainly like to see it. The prior two or three speakers hit on what's really concerning me, and that is the situation at, uh, at Bowman Canyon. I would say approximately 90% of those trails are open to bicycles. Ironically, the bike park is just a mile away. There could be some connection there, I don't know. Um, but that is very, very sensitive land. And, and I would hope that you could take another look at opening up all those trails. We did a poll a few years ago when I was on the commission, 70, 75% of those people who enter open space uh, are on foot, not on a bicycle. Two or three are equestrian also. But if you look at this trail system at, at Bowman Canyon, if I were a, an equestrian, I would never go there. It's, it would be too dangerous with the kind of situation that's been uh, expressed. And it hasn't, it's not set in concrete yet. They're still looking at it. But I would say that they better back off a bit, open that up. What I'm seeing now is a, a lack of uh, enforcement and deep impacts to the, to the uh, environment. Uh, and we're also losing wildlife. It's anecdotal, but I think we've had huge impacts on wildlife with people, too many trails and walking all over the place. I know you're trying to get rid of social trails, but we got about 20% of the bicyclists that aren't gonna do anything that they're asked and you have to crack down. You've got to crack down. Uh, that's my comments for today and thank you very much. Thank you, Rick. The next speaker is Barbara Salzman of the Marin uh, Audubon Society. Please unmute. Uh, hi, this is Barbara Salzman. I'm um, talking about uh, representing the Marin Audubon Society. And I would like to second Terry Thomas's comment. I could not say it better about Bowman Canyon. Uh, I understand that the previous use had included a lot of bicycle use, but the charge is now different under your ownership than a private ownership and basically can do whatever they want. So just because there was previous bike use does not mean it, it needs or should continue. So uh, I too would urge you to take another look at that plan and reduce the number of trails and maybe eliminate bike use. Um, as long you, you need to demonstrate that these sensitive habitat areas are being protected and the habitats are not being fragmented. I also like to uh, second Rick Freitas's comments and um, that's about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Barbara. Chair Scrimmon, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, and not seeing anyone within the chamber, we should make public comment. I'm gonna close this section. We'll move on to item number three, which is our director's report. Max. Good afternoon, uh, commissioners. Max Corden, director of Marin County Parks. And um, just to clarify a couple things that brought, were brought up in the comments. One, um, for the commenter who um, expressed concern about the ability for the public to comment on the agenda item, the two agenda items towards the end of the agenda on the budget, there wasn't anything in the agenda packet uh, connected to those items, but there will be a presentation from staff 
and there will be an opportunity for the public to comment on that presentation um, on those items. And then um, just related to enforcement on our preserves, there has not been any change in our approach to enforcement uh, of, of uh, open space code and uh, you know our our rangers are um, you know take their work very seriously and are very responsive to the community when we hear concerns about a specific area or where the public is seeing different violations or or areas of concern. Our rangers are um, respond to that and take it into account as they plan what their um, schedules and and approaches will be. Uh, a couple updates. So uh, McNear's Beach parking lot repaving is complete. That was a really big um, project that was funded both by Measure A and the State Parks Bond funding. Um, really exciting to have that finished up. It's one of our most visited parks and, um, you know, really had an outdated parking lot that had a bunch of, it had a lot of you know, issues, potholes that made it an issue, but also just the flow of the parking lot was not great. And, uh, and also in terms of um, stormwater treatment, there wasn't anything integrated into the old parking lot. So the new parking lot has a better flow. It enables people to get around better. It addresses all of the potholes and paving issues that we had before. And then most importantly, it, it um, creates uh, treatment for uh, runoff that comes off the parking lot there. Um, another exciting project, Homestead Valley, uh, there's a reconstruction of the pool to enable uh, better access and improve the pool public pool facility there, um, where you know this was mostly financed by that local community, but with some Measure A funds helping to get it started. Um, and then our road and trail crew is currently working on a small um, improvement on Cherry Hill in sort of the area between uh, Lucas Valley and Terra Linda. Uh, and then, um, you know, one thing that's real exciting to note is that our ranger and naturalist-led programs are back at full capacity, and our program guide is back in the IJ uh, each month with um, a list of activities to help folks uh, come out and enjoy our parks. And we're seeing record numbers of families and participants uh, coming out for those, those talks. So... It's really exciting. Thank That's you, Max. It. I want to bring it back to the commissioners for any questions or comments for the director. Pat? I'll push the button. Push it. Got to push pretty hard. There you go. There we go. Um, yeah, I'd just like to uh, commend staff uh, and the leadership uh, of the department and the Open Space District. You, You've done a great job, uh, uh, you know, adjusting to a semi-post era uh, from COVID, and we've. Uh, I think everyone appreciates the fact that the activity guides back. <coughs> the uh, rangers and naturalists are doing programs, and uh, I think that connection with the public is just uh, extremely important. So, anyway, <coughs> congratulations. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner O'Brien. Other commissioners? I just have one question. Uh, those who are really involved know that our Measure A funding is running out in about two weeks. And they would like to know what is the department's plan in terms of while we're waiting to see what the election results will be. 
Yes. Yeah, so the revenue stops coming in in two weeks. We still have capacity in our existing fund balance. We're funded <clears> through <throat> the end of the year. Is that right? To, yeah. And I'll talk more about it. Yeah. On the budget, there's a budget item towards the end of the presentation, so I, I, I can cover that then. You know, one other thing I just wanted to make sure I got it just a second to address, too, is a couple of the commenters brought up Bowman Canyon, where we're doing some very early conversations and planning. We can bring a presentation to your commission about um, potential uh, future projects in Bowman Canyon, but just to note that we're at the beginning of this process, and there'll be a lot of public engagement, as there always is in in how we plan those types of work. Yeah, I think that'd be wise to bring a presentation yeah. before the commission. Uh, no other commissioner comments. Let me open up. Anyone in the public want to respond to the director's report? Hearing none, let's go ahead to item number four, approval of minutes for the meeting held on January 20th, 2022. I move that we approve the minutes. Is there a second? Any discussion? <laughs> One commissioner is having difficulty getting his microphone on. Okay. Here's that. All right. It's been. Oh, yeah. It's. Yeah. Oh. Stop there. Second. Second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. All right. We're moving on to item number five, which is an update on our community grant program. Kevin Wright, I believe, has a presentation. All right, I got mine to work too. Next slide. Well, thank you, Chair. Back in November, I was on the phone with a Novato Unified School District staff member, and we were talking about how it was watching students come back to school that year. And she was just talking about the expression she was seeing on students' faces as she was walking around school and just the, the despair and just the lack of joy. And she said, you know, as a parks department, if I could ask you to do anything, it would be to bring the joy back to students in Marin County. And that really set the stage for looking at this year's community grant program. It's hard to believe that we're already entering another planning phase. I know, Chair, you've been involved since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. And so what we chose to focus on this year, um, stepping forward from where we were at last year, which is focused on uh, mental health of the community in general, is to focus specifically on young people this year. And that conversation, similar conversations I had late last year were part of the inspiration for that. We also saw in our visitor study data um, over two years that ages 13 to 24 years old were the least uh, represented in our parks and open spaces as a group. And so this is really an opportunity to unpack why that is and re-explore the interests as well as barriers experienced by that, those age groups. And I want to announce that we have um, fostered an important partnership with the county's youth commission. And so currently we're working side by side with the youth commission. And at this meeting, um, as with every other year, I'm here to invite two to three volunteers from this commission to join that commission of um, roughly 30 young leaders in Marin County to co-develop the grant program and go through the process of identifying and selecting grantees. Just to add to this a little bit, um, the Youth Commission has already come out of the gate running with a few suggestions. One is we're launching a survey specifically focused on 13 to 24 year olds that's going to unpack some of these barriers as well as interests um, coming out of COVID of this age group. 
And we're also doing some focus groups. And so we'll be doing that through the month of April. The month of April is going to end with uh, sort of a campfire social at Stafford Lake Park um, that you as commission volunteers will be invited to. And you'll join the Youth Commission in that. And we'll kind of roast some marshmallows and review some of these details coming out of the survey. And then at that point, um, in mid-May, we're going to officially announce the opening of the community grant solicitations like we've done in previous years. We have about $200,000 um, set aside to uh, spend on grants this year. As you know, June 7th is when we see if uh, voters decide to uh, renew or continue Measure A or not. Um, and then following that, we'll have a process where first your commission kind of makes the final recommendations to the board about who we fund, and then the board obviously does the final sign-off on grant agreements before folks start spending their money uh, next August. So that's the rough timeline, um, but basically, if your commission could just identify two or three folks, um, I'll follow up with you and kind of plug you into these conversations and this process as it unfolds. Thank you. Any questions for Kevin? Seeing none, uh, I would like to go forward. Yes. It's on. Uh, will these meetings be Zoom meetings with your group, or how will you do that? They will, with the exception of the Stafford Lake yeah, outing. Yeah, I understand that part. It'd be tough to do the marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we work by Zoom, yes. So it'll be Zoom meetings. We'll all volunteer. Okay, good. Yeah, this is an exciting program, and, and I would like to continue in that process, too, as long as we don't have, we can have up to three commissioners, and I, would you like to? Okay. Sure. Commissioner O'Brien. Thank you. Looking forward to hearing from you, Kevin, Great. especially with the s'mores. Perfect. Okay. All right. We're moving on to item number six, which is the 2022 Vegetation Management Proposed Work Plan, and this is an action item. Doing a presentation. Let's see. And Alex, if you could pull up the, you see the presentation. I do. Oh, Christy. Okay. Oh, we need public comment on the last one. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. If, let me come back to that. Is there any public comment on the last subject matter, which is the grant program? Are no speakers in the queue? Oh. Excuse me. What did you say, Alex? Uh, there are no speakers in the queue. Okay, thank you. All right. Well, let's move on to item number six. And for the commissioners, there is information in the packet. You don't have it up there. Okay. Okay, so and let's see if we can put great presentation up. So um, this is part, you know, this is one of the really important functions of uh, the your commission is uh, helping us in planning our, our budget and our program of work for the upcoming year. And one of the areas that's been a real focus for us, especially over the last five or six years, I'd say, is vegetation management work. Um, you know, we, we committed to this, um, pro this process when we first brought the, um, our vegetation biodiversity work plan to be accepted by the board of... Uh, Open Space Board of Directors, and um, and what we committed to was a really open, transparent uh, program of of proposing work, getting feedback from the community, coming back, getting more feedback, and then eventually bringing a program of work to our board in June. And so, 
for each each uh, fiscal year. And so this is the sort of, I'd say the second step, but it's really, maybe it's more like the fourth step in that process because there's a whole bunch that get us here. But, um, you know, our th this is sort of our vision of, of you know, what we're trying to do, especially around uh, wildfire protection. So, you know, we, in this, this presentation, I asked our team to sort of think about not just what are we doing in this coming year, we to um, rise to the challenge of sort of a lot of wildland urban interface in Marin County. There's 3,500 homes that back up against open space. And if you look at our preserves, they really ring the communities in Marin County. And, uh, and so this is really, this is something that, that we end up working on a lot. And, um, and you know, what in the, in the potential extension of Measure A, there would be a need for fuels reduction. And so um, our team really worked on sort of thinking about, you know, with that set aside, what is, oops, we lost the presentation. Oh, there it is, back up. Okay. What is it that we're trying to do? So, um, you know, there's a few a few types of projects here. Sorry, I'm just going to go back. There we go. That we're working on, and the you know the biggest focus for us is our ongoing management. So when I talk to people about what does Measure A do in terms of fuels reduction, most of it is maintenance. We have a ton of defensible space. Uh, that where the open space backs up right against neighborhoods and homes that we have to go back and maintain every single year. And that's, you know, everything from Conservation Corps North Bay crews that go through with weed whips or weed wrenches or chainsaws or various tools to go manage vegetation every single year. It's sometimes, in some places it's goats or it's sheep or it's cows. In other places it's, you know, um, highly skilled crews like the, Marin County fire crew that's pictured here. Um, and some places it's our own crew on tractors or, or in, in various capacities. Um, and so, uh, you know, in our, our most basic approach and the thing that we, we try to do each year and that we, you know, we still have work to accomplish all of it is maintaining the defensible space that backs up against open space land to get that clearance of um, 100 feet from structures. And we're still not quite there yet. And today I'll sort of paint a little bit of a picture of what it will take to get there. Um, and then, you know, the other piece is our partnerships. So, um, and I guess actually going back to what our ongoing management is, another part of that is maintaining the access on our fire roads. So our fire roads and our existing fuel breaks that have been there for quite a long time are key for our emergency responders to be able to respond to, to fires on our preserves or in open space or in surrounding uh, habitats or, or, or properties. Um, so, you know, the other piece is partnership. So, you know, for a long time, we've had active interest and partnership around the management of fuels on our lands from our, our partner uh, fire agencies. So, Central Marin Fire, Southern Marin Fire, Ross Valley Fire, Marin County Fire, Novato Fire. They've, you know, and many others have been partners with us to um, come up with projects on our lands um, that sometimes we seek grant funding for together, sometimes our partner agencies fund, and sometimes we have funded. 
with the newly formed Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority, you know, the ability to do that work has really increased. And one of the things that's exciting about it is the, the coordination between agencies has increased and the connection between those fire agencies who are typically focused on response, um, their ability to plan and understand the framework of, of planning that we work within has really increased due to those efforts. And we're super thankful for uh, Mark Brown, whose leadership with the MWPA, but also Ann Creelock, who's their, their planner, um, because they've really helped us with these partnership projects. And so um, that's a big focus for ours is working with the MWPA and our partners on projects they identify uh, in, our, in, in our preserves. So, uh, and this is just a look at, um, at the county. Of course, there's a lot of wildland inter urban interface and only 10% of that actually falls within our preserve. So, you know, there's some of these MWPA and partner projects that are gonna happen in our preserves, but a lot of it, probably the majority of it is not on our lands because um, there's other landowners that manage that area. You know, we, we focus on, you know, our preserves, our main focus is on defensible space and our existing fire breaks. And so, um, I'm going to go through some maps, and this was really an exercise that Sarah Minnick on our team and Jim Chaka and uh, Nate Clark, our staff members who focus on our, our fuels reduction planning, um, worked on, is sort of coming up with a little bit of a map that shows, you know, what are the areas that we want to prioritize. Um, and you can see here in yellow uh, the existing maintenance single year. Uh, in, in purple there are existing uh, fuel breaks that we've um, worked on and we maintain every single year. And then in red, we looked at what are the gaps? What are the places where that we have not been addressing and where we have, that's sort of our priority for areas we would like to address in the future. And uh, this is, uh, so that was Southern Marin. This is looking at Central Marin, and again, you know, very similar, except here we're also highlighting where we do some grazing. Uh, and then this is looking at Northern Marin, so a similar map. And this is sort of the, the area around um, Big Rock, around Southern Nevada and Lucas Valley. <clears throat> and you can see, you know, in these areas, there's a lot that we already do. And, in, in many areas, just some very small uh, additional sort of those red areas of defensible space that are sort of gaps that, that we hope to fill in the future. And then, um, you know, I wanted to uh, remind your commission, you know, when we came uh, here in January, uh, Sarah presented on our open data portal. And so all of the projects that we've completed in the last few years, and additionally, all the projects we're considering potentially implementing in the future year are in our open data portal um, and, and for the community and others to access and, uh, and look at so that folks have a sense of what, what we've accomplished and, and what our uh, potential goals are that we're considering for the future. And, uh, and the other, you know, the other thing I want to address, because, you know, looking at those maps, there's certainly um, 
a significant amount of those red areas that have defensible space that we haven't addressed. And so, you know, one of the things that I've had a lot of conversations with uh, community members and groups about is, you know, how, how are we going to ac accomplish this work? And especially with the MWPA and others doing significant amounts of vegetation management work, um, you know, I think we are, uh, we're in conversations about, you know, capacity, not only for our own team in terms of managing those projects, but also in terms of contractors to complete the work. So, um, you know, a couple of things that are really exciting. Conservation Corps North Bay is partnering with Marin County Fire on a new crew called the Fire Foundry, um, which has just started. It's also a partnership with UC Berkeley uh, to create um, a crew that's focused around, uh, you know, individuals who might not otherwise have a chance to uh, get into the fire service uh, to a broader audience, especially underserved individuals, uh, to give them training and career experience. Um, and for an organization like ourselves, it's a great thing also because they, uh, they don't get called to fires. They're, they don't actually respond to, they just do fuels work. But at the same time, they're going, they're getting classes in, uh, uh, you know, firefighter-related training, uh, and so it, it'll help them prepare for a potential future career in um, in a fire agency. Additionally, Marin County Fire is potentially adding more fire crews themselves that we could utilize. We're outreaching to other contractors to build capacity in our pool of, of potential contractors, and additionally, we're building more capacity on our own team. And this is just some of the additional um, contractors, our grazers, our own uh, early detection. It's really important to highlight is, you know, our our natural resource specialists who make this work possible. And this is just a little bit more about this planning. You know, one thing that we're really working on is. Um, you know our interactions with our partners from the from the fire agencies and creating um, a more uh, organized process for them to get their input and their project ideas to us because uh, in the past working with you know 17 fire agencies around the county it's it's been hard to get uh, consistent um, input at a sort of consistent time. So uh, we're working to try to get all of their input before January 1st for future years. Um, but this is sort of looking at, at our, our timeline for this vegetation management uh, work planning. And that's the end of my presentation. Thank you, Max. I'll bring it back to the commissioners. Questions, comments? Yes, I, I appreciate the work that's been done. Uh, the coordination with partnerships is uh, extremely important and um, you know one can't say enough given the fire dangers that uh, while wildland fire dangers that uh, everyone in Marin is uh, and throughout the throughout California and most places uh, are exposed to so um, it is kind of a unrecognized work um, I, I think it would be uh, a good idea at some point to maybe have a small, small article in one of the future publications about, you know, the fact that those, uh, the goat uh, grazing uh, program is, in fact, uh, part of this vegetation management, which is part of the county parks, 
and have people link up those ideas. I know many people see the goats, they like the goats, and they like what's being done, but they have no concept that this has anything to do with a greater program or that it's funded through Measure A. They just don't know. So, you know, education in that area, I think, is important to, uh, to ensure that we have continued support, public support. Public support. Uh, but I know it's, a, it's, you know, the county staff takes a very scientific approach to how this is done. I appreciate that. Uh, and um, so I'd just like to uh, uh, congratulate you guys on all your, your efforts in that, uh, in that area. Uh, and certainly, um, you know, the more we can do to, to protect the public, uh, especially the ones that live adjacent to open space, uh, the better. <laughs> and uh, so, so look forward to continue continuing this vegetation management program. Very comprehensive, and certainly those goals of um, you know addressing areas that that need further vegetation management. That's a that's a very good goal, and the more we can find funding for that uh, support system, the better. Thank you, Pat. Uh, thank you, and th thank you, Max, for that report. And I wanted to uh, echo Commissioner O'Brien's comments about the um, importance of, of um, fuels management and fuel reduction. Um, but I, I think it's not our only concern. It's not, it's, it's not our full mission that we have to protect and preserve the natural habitats as well. And I'm finding that this report is somewhat deficient in that area, that we should be, you know, be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And I'm hoping to see um, a little bit more attention to um, natural habitats, preserving, protecting, protecting, and restoring natural habitats. Um, in, in addition, um, I, I think it's important to have an open and transparent process, as you said. I think that's very clear. Um, and to the end, um, in previous years, not, not last year, but in previous years, the, the public actually had a physical work plan available to them um, that gave maps and dates and, and sources and de deadline, deadlines, um, a schedule. Um, uh, th this is entitled a plan, but is there actually what we would call in the traditional sense and what the department had done in in past years, a work plan actually being produced and available for the public? Yeah, that's a great question. So that was, you know, when we did the presentation in January, I think what we were communicating is that, you know, in in prior years we'd produced paper handouts of sort of what a potential uh, budget, you know, program of work might be. and and that you know really we wanted to transition to an online platform so that it was available to more community members whenever they wanted it so that's our intention with the open data portal is to have a place where people can go and they can see the projects that we're proposing uh, potentially for the future uh, and you know of course one of the cool things about it actually is that it's not just 
a one-time snapshot once a year, but it's something that can be updated by staff on an ongoing basis. So, um, but, but really, you know, I think what, um, you know, one of the things that we tried to focus on this year that's different from past years is um, we have something new around vegetation management with the potential extension of Measure A, and that is this 25% allotment for fuels reduction. And so in the past, one thing that we, have, we haven't done is we haven't distinguished between fuels reduction, other vegetation management um, in our budget process, so we haven't tracked costs differently between those things. And so, and this maybe is getting too far inside baseball, but I think one of the things we wanted to do um, as an exercise here was to say, we know we're gonna have to track costs specifically for this 25% that had demonstrates improvements around fuels reduction. It can, it can be a benefit for habitat too. And I, you know, I think it's our intention that it will be but any work here has to be fuels reduction that's within that 25%. And I think we were trying to take this opportunity to present to your commission a little bit of um, our vision for what that 25% might accomplish over the coming years and also um, how we might do it. Like what are, what are the tools that we might utilize to accomplish that work? So you're right, it's a little, our presentation this year is a little bit different um, in terms of that. Max, I'm, I'm, perhaps I, I missed it, but I want to get back to the, the part about information for the public. And uh, apparently there is a place where the public could find out specifically what projects are happening and, and like the schedule and the, the techniques that are being, being used. Yes, and so, and um, I mean, that's an open data portal. So that's on the open data portal. I, you know, we presented about it in more detail at the January meeting, and there's a, a slide here. Um, I don't know if we can bring that back up, but uh, it's at uh, data.marincounty.org for uh you as commissioners and the public to to check out those projects but again you know anytime we're presenting a budget with potential projects approving the budget does not approve the project so of course it's a CEQA process and decision making around approving a project these are just our potential program of work for the upcoming year and, and always the budget's more of a and our work planning is more of a guess of what we we our vision for what we want to potentially accomplish, but the decision-making process to actually do that work is separate from this process. Okay, well, th thank you. Um, um, this is an action item, yeah. and I, I want to open it up to and, public comment. And so I would just say that I, I feel that we haven't had enough time to review and see this. I mean, it sounds very good, but. We, we have a responsibility, too, to really review and, and understand it. So my, my sense is that I would not be able to um, do, vote um, positively on this at, at this point just because I'm not uh, informed properly. And, Max, part of the action plan was to be able to make the recommendation for this to go before the board. If it's delayed, what will that allow? 
I mean, you could we could come back to you in May. My suggestion was you might want to go to public comment and then come back to your the discussion. Discussion. Yeah. If uh, one question I have for you also before we go to public comment, um, because I think the public really is interested in fuel reduction and fire suppressant. And yeah. there was a brief mention this last week about a 35 mile fuel break area. Yeah. Is there a place where people can go? Is it on the open data portal or others where they can get links to fire department, to other organizations? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think one place that folks can go, and this is a huge benefit of the MWPA, is a lot of those big projects are coming through the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, uh, that's probably going to emerge as a really good venue for the community to get interested in these projects. Because that project, as an example, you know, there may be some portions of that that are on, on our land. Correct. but probably lots of portions that are not. So it's a, um, uh, you know, for us, it's, uh, there are some of these partnership pieces, but often the, the project's much bigger than whatever touches uh, our preserves because of the way our preserves, the, our preserves are not one big contiguous area. They're just sort of spread out all around the county. And so if, ind if individuals or community groups or community members are interested in these projects, the Marin Wildfire Prevention Authority may, may be a, a, a really good place to go to learn more about these bigger projects. And of course, for the parts that are on our lands, you know, we um, want to have as much information as possible. And, you know, I, I just reiterate, you know, our door is always open um, in terms of uh, meeting with folks, giving, you know, providing information and, and getting input on ideas. Thank you. So after after public, public comments, we'll come back to then discuss we'll come this. Back to yes. discussion. Okay. I'd like to now open it up for public comment. Seeing none in the chamber, let's move to the internet. Okay, Chairman, you have uh, uh, Chair Clement, you have uh, Terry Thomas is on mute. Sorry, Al, I'm not hearing you. Uh, give me a second. You want to try now? Yes, we have. Uh, Public speakers, Terry Thomas, please unmute. Uh, thank you again for the ability to comment. Terry Thomas from Marin Conservation League. I wanted to acknowledge um, three things uh, regarding the parks and open space staff. First is that they regularly give the environmental roundtable updates on this work and it is invaluable to us. We hear about it before we hear from the Marin Wildfire Pre Prevention Authority and it's really important that we do that. And included in those um, briefings, we hear that the open space district is really sticking to the defensible space categorical exemption of 100 feet. And that's really important. And the area that goes beyond that is for invasive species removal only, which is really, I just wanted to acknowledge how great that is. And finally, the third thing, is the monitoring that the open space preserves are doing um, in the spaces that they do the vegetation removal. It's really important to do that. And I hope that that 25% will be able to continue to complete um, paying also for the compliance and the monitoring. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Chairs Kremen, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, let me bring it back to the commission for further discussion. Yes, uh, just had a, a 
question to staff and uh, on a, uh, just following up on uh, Roger's comments, um, the comments that were given uh, just recently. Um, would it be possible to add to the report? I know, you know, uh, there is a schedule, for example, for grazing, uh, and there may be some other schedules, some other work schedules already uh, available. And would it be possible to add to the report uh, some empirically valid scheduling that I think would uh, address some of the issues heard already? Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe perhaps <clears throat> if there's a desire to come back in May, then maybe we could work with if there's one or two or three of your commissioners who are interested in receiving additional information, having some follow-up conversations to understand what that information is, and then provide it just to make sure that we're providing the right information that you're interested in. So, so just to be clear, so you'd work with some of the commission members, address some of those issues, and then come back to this commission in May? Correct, yeah, correct. And then subsequently go to the Board of Supervisors? Yeah, our board goes to the, I mean, our budget goes to the Board of Supervisors in June, so we can we can come to your commission in May. I mean, I think, you know, it's um, the farther that we go down the road, the the harder it is to make any substantial changes to our approach if there are changes desired in our approach. So, but I think given the opportunity, if there's a few of folks, two or three or one or two or three of your commissioners who are interested in engaging with, with us more deeply, that gives us an opportunity to engage with you about it and, and get feedback through that process as well. Thank you. Roger, would you be interested in that meeting? Th that would be terrific, Max. I really appreciate for that opportunity. Um, and especially if maybe that information is not available, not just to you know the individuals, but to, to the public as well. But, you know, acres, dates, um, treatments. Um, I, th I think those are really valuable things for the public to know. Yeah, all that, I think all the information that we have about those projects, like acres and all those things, are on that open data portal. And But we can, I, well, I'm then, happy then to. Then I'll, I'll need to look at that because okay. I've been remiss on that one. Okay. Anyone else interested in that meeting? Okay. I think it will be between you and Max. <laughs> then report back in May. So we're going to postpone any recommended action on this plan for now. Sounds good. All right. We will move on to item number seven, presentation on the one TAM collaboration. Alex, you'll be pulling up. Okay. Hi, um, I'm Jana Klein, and I come to you today as the Vice President of Community Connections of the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy, and I'm here to do our annual um, update on OneTAM um, and the OneTAM partnership. Can we get the PowerPoint up? Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, oops. 
curious. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just start by saying that um, like every other, or I'm, I'm going to start with a, a little bit of an overview of changes at the Parks Conservancy because we are one of the partners um, within the WANTAM partnership. And some of the changes um, that we have undergone in the last few years um, will translate into the WANTAM partnership. Um, and so I'll, um, like everyone else, the coronavirus um, pandemic hit us um, very significantly. And um, because we are a, um, a revenue-generating organization where a lot of our income um, and our capacity comes from tourism um, and the income that comes off of Alcatraz Island, um, it was the kind of the shutdown in 2020 um, and 2021 was really devastating for us. So the Parks Conservancy has shrunk um, from a high of around 425 people to right now we're down to 260. And we will probably not grow back to our pre-existing size um, in the foreseeable future. Um, we are recovering. Um, like I am happy to say that things are starting to like crank back into gear. Um, but we have definitely reduced in our size. And as a result, we are um, consolidating some of our program areas. And you'll see a little bit of that in my presentation today. Um, we've also had some pretty significant changes in um, staff. So uh, this is Sharon Farrell that many of you may know um, is an, was an executive director with the Parks Conservancy and functioned as one of the founders and the director of the WANTAM partnership. So she did retire in January. Um, and she has not left us completely, though. She has moved on to um, head up the California Landscape Stewardship Network. Um, so really carrying that partnership work to the state level. Um, but she's no longer directly working with the WANTAM um, partnership. Um, since no one person can fill Sharon's enormous shoes, um, Claire Mooney and I were both elevated to vice president positions. And in the, the context of WANTAM, the two of us are taking a on a lot of Sharon's um, roles and responsibilities with public engagement, um, you know, kind of working with the executive directors running the steering committee, um, fundraising, and sort of orchestrating things at a, at a higher strategic level. Um, then we've had a couple of staff additions, and I only have um, a photo of one of them. This is Yolanda Millette, who is the new director of community science. So she's um, conducting a lot of the one-tam um, programs um, and will be putting together um, the science symposium and bringing home the update of the Health of the Mountain um, program. And I do not have a photo of Trudy um, Garber, who's our newest addition on the project side. Um, and she comes to us from the Trust for Public Lands um, and has a lot of experience with parks development and um, sea level rise projects and climate change projects in particular. So we're really excited to have her on the team as well. Um, one of the big things that coronavirus did for the Parks Conservancy was to get us to really focus in on what is it that we are uniquely qualified to do that none of the public agencies that we partner with um, do in the exact same way. Um, and then um, I would just say kind of like consolidate and focus our program portfolio. And we've put them into these four major areas, access to parks, community stewardship and science, designing for climate resilience, and um, pathways for youth. Um, and then we do all of that work. It's all completely interwoven um, with the idea of elevating parks as a place for equity and justice work. Um, and we feel like that work has always been front and center within the one-tam partnership. It was actually really 
um, in crafting our, as we craft our new strategic direction, I just, we find ourselves over and over again using the one-tam partnership work as the example and the foundation of where the conservancy is going um, in San Francisco and San Mateo County as well. So I'm gonna now kind of run through a little bit of where we've been and where we're going within the one-tam partnership um, using those four buckets, because you'll just kind of see that it, it, it's actually a very natural um, connection point. Um, and I'll, I'll start by, again, like reminding everybody that ONTAM is that partnership of the five organizations, um, the National Park Service, California State Parks, Marin Water, Marin, uh, Marin County Parks, and then the Parks Conservancy has that nonprofit um, kind of capacity bringing organization and glue. And everything that we achieve is only because all five partners are fully in um, and that it is the combination and the synthesis and the mutual lift that we can bring each other that allows us to achieve the amazing suite of things I'm gonna run through. Um, so first up is access to parks. And what we mean by access to parks um, is very much the way Marin County Parks is thinking and moving forward right now when they think about equity. It is ensuring that all residents of our, our greater area, Marin County, and then for us also in San Francisco and San Mateo, are able to physically access the parks, feel comfortable and welcome in the parks, are able to have the parks come to them in their libraries, in their schools, and in their own neighborhoods. It's that back and forth connection point. And in Marin County, it's I feel like the strongest um, support for this work has been county parks and in hooking us up with Marin County Libraries um, and the Marin County Schools, it's been really um, magical and impressive. Um, one great example of this is a growing um, relationship that we have in the canal. Um, so this was from Dios de los Muertos back in 2019 when you could meet out in person. Um, and we had the National Park Service and Marin County Parks and Parks Conservancy staff out um, at the community center at Pickleweed, um, participating in that celebration. And it's led to some really lasting um, and very meaningful relationships in that neighborhood that we've been building off of and that we're really excited about. Um, community stewardship and, and science. Um, this is like the flagstone um, work for, um, I think, feel like for the one-time enterprise in the public sphere. This is where we're most visible right now. Um, and where we have the most opportunities for public participation. So um, the hot topics for 2022 and 2023 are um, projects related to monarchs. So it's monitoring milkweed and monitoring monarchs to um, inform land management decisions on Marin County Parks land and on National Park Service land. Uh, we have our ongoing um, Marin Bee Lab project where we're inventorying all of the bees in the county and establishing a baseline so we can understand um, what changes are happening to over 150, actually up to 200 species um, in Marin County Parks. So that work is ongoing. And then our continuing work in habitat restoration and community engagement in invasive species control and management. Um, this year, uh, 2022, will mark the sixth year since we first did the, um, the monitoring the health of the mountain process, a year-long process to synthesize the work of the five of the four land management agencies into a single report and kind of give Mount Tamalpais a, a health grade, which came in at FAIR. So six years later, we're in the process of updating that right now. We've got tremendous input from all five partners. Um, and then we will present our findings uh, in probably November of this year and then have the final published report out very early 2023. 
Um, and I'll just say kind of like I had been one of the lead scientists doing it back in 2016. And it's really exciting to pass the torch and see um, the younger agency folks come in and actually really like flex their muscles around data analysis. Um, so Sarah Minnick in particular from Marin County Parks has been um, a rock star. And I think she's working on oak woodlands and a couple of other um, species. And it's just that, that connection point between the different agency scientists as they get to know each other um, at a different level when you're like actually writing um, a big technical document like this and then translating it into plain English for the general public is really exciting to see. Um, and then also on the community science front, again, um, I mentioned the B-Lab, the Monarch Project, and then sometime in very late spring, we will relaunch the public volunteer portion of our wildlife camera project. It's being renamed the Marin Wildlife Watch. Um, and I expect that you'll start to see publicity and press around that um, by very late April, early May. Um, it's been a long time coming to get a lot of the technical kinks out, but this will be a large-scale mass community science project that you can do from home um, on your computer, in your bunny slippers, um, or while you're standing online somewhere, you can sit there and help us process that wildlife camera data so that we can understand changes in our wildlife populations and trend and movement over time. Um, our next big programmatic area is designing for climate change. So um, the one-tam partners, each agency has their own kind of climate-related projects. Um, and then ha and as a collective, um, we are working with each other to link those issues together because what we're starting to really recognize is that the scale and scope of climate change is so big and so fast. No one agency can tackle it alone. And we're going to need to start prioritizing and making really hard decisions about where we can actually allocate limited resources. So it's very important to do this work at a regional scale. Um, so this is a photo from Bo Bothine Marsh, um, and we expect by the end of 2023, um, no, 2022 will be at the 35% design. So Marin County Parks um, is one of the lead and major participatory agencies here, and the Parks Conservancy um, is in to sort of support the interaction with the other agencies, including Caltrans um, and the many different players who have um, a piece of action here, and then community engagement and making sure that we are elevating the voices of youth um, and underserved communities in the dialogue about what we should do here um, and, how, you know, and how to proceed. Um, other big climate projects, um, the Marin County Vegetation Map. Um, there's just a great presentation on this yesterday that I know Roger saw, and I'm going to just kind of steal a few slides from um, Danny Franco. This was a $1.5 million project that was um, underwritten, about 25% of it, by Measure A. Um, I think of this as the gift that Measure A keeps on giving. Um, this is a foundational planning tool for almost everything that we do in the county. So first we got a detailed map of all of our vegetation community types in the county. We know where we've got redwoods, where we've got serpentine grasslands, where we've got sensitive habitat for different species. Um, so this is kind of, you can drill down and see that level of detail at um, a half an acre resolution in, in most places. Um, 
we can, and then we got many, many other companion data sets out of the process. So this is an update of our understanding of the wildfire history, where someone actually did archival work looking at um, newspapers to start to remap locations and um, incidents over the last 150 years. And they picked up a lot of fires or a lot of like extent that had previously been unmapped. Um, it gives us an understanding that the fire return interval in our county is much higher than we had previously thought. Um, we also got from this process updated digital maps of every building footprint, every paved and unpaved surface, roads and trails, stream center lines, and true floodplains. Um, the height of, of the understory of vegetation, the extent of canopy gaps and openings in our forest, and the extent of diseased stands, and an understanding of change over time. So these are all foundational tools that are now being used by our fire departments, city and county um, planners and land managers, um, the flood control district. Um, it's just, it is this foundational piece that was originally born out of what, what we think of as a birds and bunnies project, and it influences almost everything about how we will shape the future of the county. So I just wanna thank everyone who has ever supported Measure A and, then, and the way that that translated into this process and our ability to leverage um, that money um, five times over to make this, this tool come into being. Um, part of the work of the next year is to translate all of that data into a forest health strategy. So we're nearing completion on that work. So this is an example of where we have canopy gaps in Marin County. Um, so the next steps to kind of bring home that project is to finish the technical reports. It will include um, recommendations on where, like where there are pro you know, like problems with forest health, where the forest is healthier. Um, we're gonna be integrating in a chapter on indigenous knowledge and then we'll be coming out with a series of best practice recommendations for how to go about doing different kinds of forestry work not exactly where to go and do it or exactly what to do because those decisions are on the individual agencies, but it creates a shared countywide understanding of, of issues op and options um, and best practices for addressing them. Um, we will be integrating all of this work into the Health of the Mountain Report, kind of like pulling out snapshots of the available data to put into that Health of the Mountain. Um, and then we will be doing a lot of community engagement work around healthy forest work through the different agency um, partners. So the presentation yesterday, lots of on-site tours, um, engaging with the Wildfire Prevention Authority um, so that they understand we have this tool for best practices. Um, and then it is trying to get the actual work done around it, so it's pursuing funding. So with the VEGMAP um, in hand and with the beginnings of that forest health strategy in hand, uh, we have already successfully um, scored uh, $3.5 million in wildfire and forest health funding from CAL FIRE for the water district, and there's a piece of that for Marin County Parks in there. And then there is a second grant that's come through recently, similar work, one, uh, a little over $100,000, and a chunk of that is also translating to Marin County Parks. Um, uh, upcoming other work that's gonna uh, hit the ground very soon is Roy's Redwoods. Um, there is still a funding gap for the, re the floodplain restoration project at Roy's Redwoods, but um, we'll, you'll see a lot of momentum in this direction in 2020, and hopefully we will be breaking ground um, in 2020, I'm sorry, 2023. 
Is that correct? Right? Okay. Um, and the One Tan Partnership is there with community engagement and community science activities running. Uh, this is a quick list, which I will not run through, of the kind of those capital big projects that are teed up for the next two years. There's work on all four agencies' lands um, and kind of and fundraising and community outreach and design and CEQA compliance kind of happening at different stages for these different projects. So for Marin County Parks, the main projects are Royce Redwoods, um, Bothine Marsh, the Bolinas Y, um, and, and kind of an uptick in community engagement and planning work around Stinson Beach. Um, and then last but not least is Youth Pathways. Um, just like Kevin mentioned, um, I think we also recognize the need to really focus in on our youth. Um, this has been a strength of the Parks Conservancy in general, um, and the youth programs within the One Tam universe have been innovative and really exciting, and we're really sort of like, I think, stepping up and accelerating in that arena. One of the most recent um, kind of exciting relationships has been that connection with the Canal Alliance, and really engaging with them in a process of co-design and asking them what kind of programs would you like to see? Because what we've been offering up are in-school or after-school programs that are really kind of geared towards understanding climate change. And what we heard back was that youth are interested in jobs and fun. And so we are trying to deliver on that. So um, our youth programs, the summer program Link and the after-school program Real, um, do continue to have that connection to our um, climate work, but we are making sure that we're really elevating the career um, options there. So um, youth rotate through all, all four agencies on those, in those programs. They get to experience, they get an understanding of um, career pathways related to parks, related to public utilities, and the skilled trades. And we're going to start stepping up um, career opportunities around um, um, like climate, de like designing for climate change, public planning, city planning, um, opportunities that are above and beyond just brush cutting and fuels work, which is where a lot of the other um, youth programs that you see moving, because we're trying to emphasize what is something that we can do that the other organizations have not been able to offer, and that's one of them. Um, and then it's fun, just plain having fun. So we are doing a lot more like kayaking on the bay. We sneak in some climate stuff in there when we do it, but the emphasis is on fun, right? That like kids just want to get out and not always dwell um, in the places of kind of like on despair and just actually like rejoice and have a great time with each other in the great outdoors. Um, we are connecting the marine youth more with the San Francisco youth. That's always been like a capstone feature, but we're trying to do that with a little bit more intentionality for the youth in San Francisco, we always present it as this huge opportunity to get out into the wild parks. And what we're recognizing is that for the youth in Marin, there are those who have trouble accessing the parks, but for them also accessing the city is sometimes a limitation. So um, just finally in conclusion, the Parks Conservancy um, has, uh, we are about to open the tunnel top site in San Francisco when you go over the bridge um, and Lombard Street, there'll be a new youth center there. It is an easy 10-minute shot from Marin City. So we see this as actually being a place to offer opportunities for Marin County youth and some employment opportunities in the future as well. Um, and just last but not least, I want, oops, that last slide didn't come through. I had this great slide of all, everybody in their logos, and um, I just wanted to go out. Work, the one-tam work is the work of the partnership and that Marin County Parks is one TAM 
and that they are a fundamental anchor in all the work that we do. And we are so grateful for the continued support from the county. And um, again, thank you for your time. Thank you, Janet. Do you want to have commissioners have questions or comments before we move to Public Chris? Comment. Comments? Public comment. Well, we do that after the commissioners. I just want to say it's thank you for that comprehensive report. I don't know how you get it all done. It's partnership. It's a lot of people. Good luck. Thank you. Um, just uh, yeah, just I, th I thought it was a great presentation. Uh, you and your partner really uh, uh, filled some big shoes, but uh, done done tremendous work given the restraints and the reduction in in staff and everything. Um, I really like uh, the whole concept of forestry health and conservation, uh, and that planning is really uh, uh, inspiring, actually. Um, so. Uh, I'd be very interested when you continue that to find out about uh, what recommendations you do have to improve forestry health, uh, vegetation health within the county. <coughs> um, so I uh, look forward to that too. And uh, great job uh, working with the kids. Uh, that's really important. We, we need the next uh, generation of conservation-minded uh, people to uh, be ready to uh, pick up the torch. And an outstanding presentation, really a lot of information there to absorb. Um, for those youth that are not yet connected and may want to participate, how do they get involved? Who do they contact? Uh, we have a pretty um, aggressive outreach program to mostly to high schools and career counselors and sort of the internship so guides and then to a couple of different community centers. Okay. Um, we are still not operating at our full capacity. Um, we are, you know, a little bit short-staffed, so I um, we have already opened recruitment and interviews for this summer's programs. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think those are filling up, but uh, the National Park Service is did just fly um, a bunch of internship opportunities as well for this summer. So if you've got someone who you might, might be looking, you can just mm -hmm. shoot them my email and I'll, I'll hook them up. Excellent, excellent. And then I know how well connected you are with a lot of the agencies. Are you also working with the individual cities? I know that uh, like Sausalito, where I live, has a climate change work group, and our current mayor is really focusing on that. Is, is there a way of bringing in the local uh, towns? Um, certainly around the vegetate, like the vegetation map and all of its products. Mm -hmm. um, there is uh, Danny Franco, who's been the project manager, is, is shopping that around. He is doing a whirlwind tour of um, the government, like the city and town planning departments um, mm -hmm. to make sure that they know that we have this tool available and how to use it, how to access it. Um, and then kind of every time we have a big signature event like the science symposium, um, we do outreach to all of the towns to kind of invite people in and we do make connections that way. Um, so I would say the relationship with the different towns kinds of ebbs and flows both based on mutual capacity. Again, we have your email. Right. So that'll help. Well, one last question real fast. Um, about three years ago, you offered a three-day workshop. Mount One Tam offered a three-day workshop that I was able to attend. Are there any new workshops planned that may be commissioners or other public? Um, there will be the Science Symposium in November. Um, I, we're still planning. I think we're, we're looking for a, at a hybrid event right now, so it'll be partially, I believe, it will be partially online 
And then we also want to have a live, a live event, at least a half-day live event. Um, and we want that to be much more fe fe festive and interconnected because we haven't been able to kind of gather as a community for many years. Yeah. Um, so that'll be like our, I think our next big sort of like live public engagement opportunity. Excellent, thank you. Max, did you want to say something before I open it up for public comment? That maybe I was just gonna respond to um, that we have, I think there's like a, I can't remember if it's a one TAM steering committee or something on the board with, the, or maybe it's a- The advisory committee. Advisory committee, yeah, that Stephanie Moulton-Peters before she became a supervisor was when she was a town council or city council member for Mill Valley mm -hmm. was sort of like the representative from our local governments uh, in that group. And I think, I can't remember if we got somebody to, now that she's a supervisor, if we got another. I honestly don't know. But I think that might be something that we, we would want to recruit another um, city or town council member. So if you have some ideas, Dennis, that might be something good to discuss Certainly. offline. I'll contact Stephanie too yeah. to see. Yeah. What if she's already passed the torch on to someone else? Yeah, great, excellent. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and now open it up for public comment. Move it over to you, Alex. Chair Scrimmon, there are no speakers in the queue. Okay. And I think we've asked all of our questions. Well, Thank you. Before you wrap up, I just wanted to appreciate Janet for a great presentation and for her leadership. I think, you know, having uh, Sharon Farrell retire is huge shoes to fill and I know for myself and probably our whole like a lot of us in this field we looked up to Sharon as a mentor and, and just an amazing person but Janet uh, and um, Claire who are sort of both t spilling her shoes are incredible leaders in their own right and I'm super we feel I feel super lucky to get to work with them so really appreciate Felix you. Mutual Max thank you Thank you again. Okay, thanks. We appreciate it. We will move on to item number eight. It's the Parks Year-End 22-23 Budget Development Update. And this is information only. I believe Chris is going to be the lead speaker. Or no, it's Max. Okay. <laughs> you get to hear me some more. So um, if you could pull, Alex, if you pull up this presentation, it'd be great. Um, so I'll walk through this briefly. Thank you. Great. Um, so I just first wanted to talk about sort of what our plan budget planning process looks like. And again, you all play an important role because when we present to our board, the board of supervisors or, or the open space board of directors, we have a very short amount of time uh, to present our budget for their adoption. And so we really get to dive into some of these focus areas in more depth with with all of you. So I really appreciate that. That's important for our transparency and, and, and getting feedback. So we really have a year round process of planning potential projects. And, you know, like you just heard from the community, some community members about Bowman Canyon and other, other projects that we're considering for the future. Our, our team does a lot of work to reach out to the community about potential ideas and projects well before they make it into any potential budget. And, um, and in November and December, our team uh, of staff worked to take all those ideas, figure out what the highest priorities are for each of our focus areas, and put them into a matrix of um, that has you know what the the project is and its cost and what kinds of costs it has and 
you know, whether it, it sort of its level of priority, depending on certain factors. And then um, in January, that all has to be done by January um, and to get some initial numbers into our county administrator. But then uh, we bring the first draft of our vegetation uh, uh, management work plan to, to your commission. And then um, in February, we work, and this is something, that, again, we're still sort of developing uh, uh, to be a little more formal. Um, in the past, we've worked with community members who were interested in our veg management work plan. And typically, those were environmental groups or other community groups who had ideas or concerns or interests in that work planning. We, we now need a more robust process for engaging with our fire partners. So you know, we're asking them to get all of their vegetation management uh, projects to us before January 1st so we can work it into that planning that Chris and I do with our team. And then after we present to your commission in February, we plan to present the, uh, our vegetation work plan to the Technical Advisory Committee of the Marin Wildfire Protection Authority and get their feedback in a, in a more formal uh, session and then come back to your commission like we did today uh, in March with a more refined veg management work plan that included both input from community groups, environmental groups, and others, but also from the MWPA's technical advisory committee. And then all of that goes into our um, presentation to the board in June. And we always give your commission an update of about the budget and sort of an initial um, uh, budget presentation in May as well. And just going through our priorities, so our priorities are informed through community surveys and community feedback. We did a survey, I think, three or four years ago, and then the one um, this last summer. And it's really been pretty consistent across those two surveys of the top priorities in the community. Vegetation management and fuels reduction um, in parks and open space has been the number one priority we've heard from uh, community members. Uh, Park facilities and trail maintenance and improvements is sort of closely followed that as uh, second priorities. But then wetland restoration, silverized adaptation, and equity and accessibility have also been um, important and are key, key uh, pieces of, of our work. And of course, you know, there's work that a lot of things don't fit perfectly into these, these categories, but these are some sort of our main focus areas. Uh, and, you know, one thing that's really unusual about our budget planning this year is there's a huge unknown, which is that the, uh, our, the voters in the county will vote in uh, June on whether to extend Measure A or not. And, you know, Measure A is, you know, at least a third of, of our budget. So um, we'll have significantly different uh, work plan depending on whether it's approved or not. Uh, you know, Working with our county administrator, we're essentially planning for uh, it being extended. So, you know, we're we're making sure that, you know, all everything is in place for us to continue the work and service level that we provide right now. And we we don't want a disruption for the community. Um, we're, we're trying to make sure that there's the least disruption possible. Um, 
However, if, if, it's, if uh, Measure A is not extended, there'll be really significant impacts to our team and to the parks and preserves that we manage. Um, that's my last slide. So, you know, just to, to detail, you know, what those, what those impacts would be, um, you know, almost our entire seasonal team is funded by Measure A. That's about 45 individuals that we hire each year, and, and they do, you know, the important work in our parks. So they, they clean the restrooms, they pick up the trash, they, you know, do a lot of the invasive species removal, they do a lot of our biological monitoring, um, they uh, are out there, you know, cleaning uh, picnic sites from take, cleaning goose poop off of picnic tables, you know, all the things that make your park experience a good one, doing our trail maintenance, doing our fuels reduction work. Um, you know, additionally, most of the funding for the projects that we do, all the maintenance projects and the um, improvement projects, a lot of, most of that comes from Measure A as well, and so we, we really would have very limited ability to move any projects forward if Measure A was not extended. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think we're at this point, you know, we have enough funding to uh, to keep our staff going through the gap in funding that would happen if Measure A is extended. And either way, we'll have to revisit our um, our budget in uh, in the summer, depending on the outcome of the election. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Bring it back to the commissioners, Commissioner O'Brien. Um, just uh, just underscores the importance of uh, ensuring that uh, people understand the value of Measure A and uh, its importance to the overall uh, projects here. So uh, look forward to uh, after June seventh reviewing a a great budget. <laughs> Good. You're good. Good. Don't have any additional questions. Let me go ahead and open it up for public comment. Since there's no one less in our ch left in the chambers, it has to be online. I'm not hearing you, Al. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. Can we try now? Al, do we have any anybody who wants to comment on this item? Oh. oh, okay, thanks. Want me to start over? Yes, please. Uh, Chair Scrimmage, we do have Linda Novi. Please uh, continue or start, <laughs> restart. <laughs> um, thanks for the opportunity to uh, share my thoughts. Um, good to hear about the budget, and I'm certainly supportive of Measure A. With regard to the operating budget, even with the increased emphasis on vegetation management, I'm advocating for more enforcement capacity, more patrolling rangers and sheriffs to create a culture of compliance in our preserves. I'd like to better understand how the district evaluates how many rangers are needed. Is it citations issued, wildlife impacts, trail impacts, uh, visitor safety, visitor displacement? Currently, there are eight patrolling rangers and two sheriffs. If five of these staff are on duty on any one day, not night, but just day, that's approximately 3,400 acres per each staff member. That's a pretty low ranger to land ratio. 
And at the same time, there's an increase in visitation. Right now on open space lands, as observed by myself and many Marin citizens, there's an increase in bikes and e-bikes. There's more bike speeding, less slowing and stopping, even with slow and say hello, more night riding through sensitive wildlife habitats. And the result of this kind of behavior creates negative wildlife impacts. Uh, a friend of mine has seen wildlife disappear from a trail in Nevada that he patrols twice a day for over a decade. Um, here in the Elliott Nature Preserve within Cascade uh, Canyon Preserve, there's a steady stream of bikes riding day and night, many with boom boxes, which seems to be a new thing uh, on a couple hiking trails here where, where the Northern Spotted Owl feeds. So, and then there's an increase in e-bikes, as I said, and I saw my first e-skateboard coming out of the preserve. This is an increasing trend that needs management. I also have discovered that there doesn't seem to be a corollary between new facilities, such as Ponte Ridge Trail, uh, and new land acquisitions, such as Bowman Canyon, and an upward adjustment or proportional adjustment to ranger capacity. So I think we need more rangers to educate about the rules, habitat protection, and compliance. And I recommend that the commissioners review the Department of Fish and Wildlife 2020 Recreation Ecology Report, and they stress adequate enforcement as a big part of the solution. And thanks so much. I'll go ahead and I'll send that over to the commission along with some other information. Thanks so much for the opportunity to comment. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Mr. Spurman, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, we will close this particular section. The last is the commissioner reports. Sounds like you were at a meeting yesterday. Oh, okay. No, uh, no additional reports. Yes. Yeah, it's just uh, some of the initial comments that were made, uh, public comments were made regarding uh, Bulger Canyon and the trail system that's uh, being uh, under consideration. And I think uh, often there's a fallacy put out there, uh, well-meaning, but still, I believe, a fallacy. And that is, you know, that um, uh, public access with, uh, with trails, fragments, wildlife, uh, corridors, fragments, biodiversity, and, uh, and it's just not factually correct. Uh, biodiversity, properly planned trails uh, are the best thing you can do in a in a in an area of public property uh, because there will be you know the implication is if you don't have the trails you won't have public access well the reality is the public is going to access that property so once you understand that as a reality then what's the best planning uh, for appropriate trails there are trails there now you know, people, there's farm roads, there's old trails. People make trails. Um, do you want inappropriate trails? Trails that actually do damage to wildlife and do damage to vegetation? Or do you want properly planned trails where, as Linda uh, said, you can manage them better, you can have, uh, uh, you can have um, enforcement, uh, and, uh, and that's, so it isn't 
it isn't a, a, a dilemma, or it isn't a fact. It isn't a, a fact that having planned trails is a bad thing. Is because what's the alternative? Real bad trails. <laughs> so good trails, good planning, scientific approach to it. Uh, that's the way to do it. The public, and then you build uh, trust and loyalty from the public. And we need two thirds of that public to vote, of the voting public to vote to ensure that we have more conservation and more properties that uh, come under our conservation uh, programs. So, so those things are those things are important. Um, also, uh, a different subject related is uh, uh, I understand from the elections department. That measure that our measure A is designated now as measure A for this next election. As we know, it could have been designated with a different letter depending on you know how many elections are going on in this particular cycle. So I think that's good because we can continue to communicate about measure A and we don't have to switch to a new letter. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Keep it's a minor attention. footnote, but I think an important one. And uh, just one other thing, anything we can do to contact our legislators to ensure in this budget surplus, uh, California has a, actually quite a significant budget surplus to allocate some funding for, uh, for county parks uh, in the May revise, uh, that would be outstanding. So those are just my comments. Excellent points. Uh, just a reminder that our next meeting is going to be on May 19th, and I think in honor of uh, St. Patrick's Day, we're going to let Commissioner O'Brien be the last presenter for today. <laughs> so thank you, Commissioners. Thank you, staff. Thank you, Alex and Al. Thank you. Good job, guys. Oh, that's true. All right. We got it.